two topics are totally repulsive to the natural mind, sin, and hell. That is why churches that regularly preach on these subjects have very few members. And even in such congregations, the topic of hell can draw more yawns than gasps of awe. The reason is that when we hear anything unwelcome, or something we think we know about already, our brain goes to sleep, or switches to another task. You're tempted to leave now. But don't. You can still pick up one or two things from this last issue on the matter. This is the third and final part on the subject of hell. If you recall, the second part was titled, Thumbnail of Hell, the first was titled, A Politically Incorrect Message. By the way, I was amused to find an article by National Geographic entitled, The Campaign to Eliminate Hell. The article opens with, Start of quote. Hell isn't as popular as it used to be. Over the last 20 years, the number of Americans who believe in the fiery down under has dropped from 71% to 58%. Heaven, by contrast, fares much better and, among Christians, remains an almost universally accepted concept. End of quote. In that same article, author Preston Sprinkle who co-authored the book Erasing Hell in 2011, stated, My prediction is that, even within conservative evangelical circles, the annihilation view of hell will be the dominant view in 10 or 15 years. I base that on how many well-known pastors secretly hold that view. I think that we are at a time and place when there is a growing suspicion of adopting tradition for the sake of tradition. Well, well. It's just another pitiful attempt to eliminate God. You see, without God, no justice. Without justice, no hell. Think about that. All the injustices people have done to each other will be meted out with grave penalty. God will avenge his people because he is a just God. He is the rock. His work is perfect and all his ways are judgment. A God of truth and without iniquity. Just and right is he. Deuteronomy 32 4. In this issue, we'll just answer two questions about hell, and we're done. This isn't an overkill on the subject, because I don't think you can overemphasize this topic because it is the most horrible thing there is. You must believe me when I say that hell is real, it's not a figment of someone's imagination. Some people would like to believe that hell is right here on earth, that it's how you live your life on earth. Folks, let me tell you this, your worst days on earth will be like paradise compared with one minute in hell. Jesus spoke about it, he taught about it, he preached about it. He even spoke more about hell than about heaven. And so there's no reason for us to sugarcoat the subject of hell, or take it up as a subject for funeral sermons. These are one of those subjects that make the gospel offensive, but it is offensive only to sinners or backsliders. The reason Jesus spoke about hell is because he wanted to warn people about them. Refusing to teach about hell is like removing all the road signs. Can you imagine what driving will be like without road signs? Why did God make hell? It is for the devil and his angels, Matthew 25:41. Then shall he say unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. The devil and the fallen angels are eternal beings. This is why hell is eternal. Man was never designed for hell, but heaven. In the first place, man was never designed for sin, but holiness. When a sinner dies, he steps into eternity, and because he rejected God's rule during his lifetime, but chose to obey himself, he is therefore, under Satan's dominion, there is no place for him but the place of the master he chose to obey. Notice in Matthew 25:33 that the king says unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world and contrast this with Matthew 25 41. Then he will also say to those on the left hand, depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels, Matthew 25 41. The blessing for the obedient comes from the father, while the curse on the sinner does not come from the father. 
Sinners have cursed themselves with their disobedience. Yes, all Israel has transgressed your law, and has departed so as not to obey your voice, therefore the curse and the oath written in the law of Moses the servant of God have been poured out on us, because we have sinned against him. Daniel 9:11. God is love, he can't send people to hell. God is indeed love, but we choose our own destiny. We choose whom to love. We choose whom to serve and obey. People who respond to his love by turning from sin and committing their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ will escape hell and go to heaven. John 3:36. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. True, God is love, but he is also a just God. If he cannot or will not punish sin or disobedience, he violates his own nature, and that is something God cannot do. His kingship is nullified without his justice. Psalm 89:14. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne, mercy and truth go before your face. Deuteronomy 32:4. He is the rock, his work is perfect, for all his ways are judgment, justice slash act of deciding a case, a God of truth and without iniquity, just and right is he. The word judgment tells us he weighs everything in every human transaction and renders his decision on the matter. Today, the Holy Spirit makes known God's mind slash decision on any matter in our lives. That's how we know if what we did or said is good or bad. When people persist in violating his judgment slash justice, then they have condemned themselves. God does not send people to hell. People send themselves there. We cannot and must not ignore the subject of hell just as we can't and mustn't ignore sin. Many souls languishing in hell today are crying out with remorse and repentance over their sins, but too late. Before things get ugly. Friend, you really don't want to go there. God doesn't want you to go there, either. But he can't stop you if you don't want to be with him. Neither can God force you into heaven. Will you be happy if you're abducted and made to live in the house of your enemy? But he is not your enemy. You've made him your enemy by rejecting him for so long. God loves you, and wants you to make a decision about the love he has offered to every person. This is the primary reason why Jesus, the Son of God came to earth, to show people the love of the Father and rescue the souls of people from imminent, perpetual suffering in hell. It doesn't really matter if you're the worst of criminals or a religious person. Both types of persons have rejected him as well, and this rejection has closed heaven's door for them and the mouth of hell awaits them. God desires to have a loving relationship with you. Will you come to him and enter into a real relationship with him today? Do not put this decision off for another day. Tomorrow, even the next moment may never come to you. You might want to say a prayer like this. Lord Jesus, I admit I am a sinner, and I know there is nothing I can do to remove this burden I'm carrying. But I believe that you came to earth to show to us the Father, and gave your life in payment for my sins and make my life right again. Please forgive me for rejecting you, Lord. I now open my heart to you, and invite you to come in. Please take control over all the circumstances and bring healing in my life. Be my Lord and Savior and help me to live for you each day. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving me, and accepting me, Amen. If you've made a decision to believe in Jesus, let me know. I wish to help you grow in your new faith in the God of the Bible whose promises never fail. Victorious worship is just one of the beautiful things you can experience as you follow Him. Did you enjoy this issue? If so, make others happy with it, too by sharing it with them. Until our next issue, God bless you.